0: this morning, chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. And instead of reading it all together, I want to paraphrase the first 13 verses or so. And then the last two verses, we'll read together. Okay, everybody on the same page? Can we bring up uh, the first? Okay, it's probably too small for you to see. But i uh... Moses has fled from uh, Pharaoh's court, and he is in the wilderness. And he has uh, met Jethro, the priest of Midian. He's married his daughter. He's become a shepherd, and he's out in the boonies. And uh, he meets uh, one day this burning bush. And so he turns aside to look at it, and God starts to talk to him. And so uh, the last two, uh, the last few verses here, uh, God says to Moses, I want you to go back into Pharaoh's court and rescue my people, Israel. I have heard their, their cries and their pleas, and I've, I've come to, to help. And uh, so Moses says, well, if the Israelites ask uh, who's sending me, uh, who should I tell, what should I tell them? And so these last two verses are God's answer to Moses. So <clears throat> let's read this together. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, you must... I, I'm going to turn it out, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Say to Moses, let's start from the top. <clears throat> okay, one, two, three. God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, you must say this to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, you must say this to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial from generation to generation. So let's uh, yeah, <clears throat> go to the next slide here. When um, we think upon God's name, the things that I want you to to remember are that God is redemptive; He is deeply concerned that we spend eternity together. He is real and active in our life and he supplies needs uh, for us to help us walk through life and he is relational. When we uh, ask God things and listen to him, he will listen to us and he will talk with us. God is redemptive, he's real, and he's relational. One of the uh, No, I'm going to stop here. I I am going to give you uh, seven pictures, and I'm going to teach them to you first, and then all of us are going to stand up, and we're going to do the pictures together. So I'm going to teach you seven pictures, and then all of us are going to do the pictures together. Okay, are we all on the same page? Okay, I want you to picture in your mind a nice, big, steaming loaf of bread. You can smell it. It's just come out of the oven. Can everybody see the bread and smell it? Okay, now coming up out of the loaf of bread is a magnolite flashlight. Okay, one of those blue tinny metallic flashlights. Everybody see it? Okay, and it's got a nice beam of light going to the ceiling. And on the side of the flashlight is a door. You see the door opening on the side of the flashlight? Can you picture it in your minds? okay. Now, coming out of the door is a shepherd. Can you picture the shepherd walking, walking out? And the shepherd is a, is a unique shepherd. He's not chasing after a sheep. He's pushing a round stone down the road. You see that round stone? He's, he's pushing it. And going off into the distance is a path. A path. A path. And the shepherd, you know, he's pushing the stone down the path. And way in the distance is a vine growing up and over the path. Okay? So everybody stand up. So I want you to make all the motions with me. Okay, you ready, John? Got to get your hands out. (laughs) Okay, there you go. Everybody give John a hand. Okay. There's a big steaming loaf of bread. Okay, and coming up out of the bread is a flashlight. And on the side of the flashlight is a door. And coming out of the door is a shepherd. And the shepherd is pushing around stone. Okay, uh, bogey, where's your stone? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay, very good. And then there's a nice straight path going into the distance. And over the path is a vine. Very good. Okay, please be seated. One of the big uh, challenges for me as a believer uh, when I first met God was trying to figure out where do I fit in God's kingdom, in his economy? And that was one of the things I really struggled with. And that's one of the things we have to figure out in this discussion of who God is, is where we fit into God's kingdom. So in order to do that, I want to go back to where God first uh, started with Abraham and uh, giving his blessing to Abraham. So uh, Abraham is way over here in Ur of the Chaldees, and God comes down to him one day and says, Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, (coughs) and I will curse those who curse you, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So this is God's uh, first step in wanting to bless all the nations. And part of our uh, obligation or part of God's family is being bearers of God's blessing to all the nations. If we uh, think of ethnic groups or ethne, that is the, the term in the Bible that's often used for nations. So um, can we go to the next slide, please? There. So, and to, um, so the question is, uh, God's talking to Abraham in Ur the Chaldees, and he wants to build this kingdom of God. Why doesn't he just uh, let Abraham stay in or Ur- the Chaldees? Why does he ask him to go somewhere else? It's got a well-developed city. It's got infrastructure. The Chaldeans have their own language. Uh, they have their own court and laws. Uh, surely this is a, a great place where you could build God's kingdom. Well, the only problem is that uh, good, uh, a bad company corrupts good morals. And so, uh, the next slide, there we go. Uh, It helps if we're away from temptation. So God is taking Abraham away uh, from his uh, surroundings to start a a new uh, kingdom, a new um, people for his own. But why does God want to take Abraham and plop him in Israel? Why is that significant and important for us to realize as a people of God? Well, if you uh, if you t- take a step back and you look at Israel as a country, it's very strategically located. If you want to bless all the nations of the earth, you want to put your people in the center, right? Well, that's what God did. So He took Abraham down to Israel, and people from uh, all uh, from Africa are coming through Israel. People from Asia are coming down there, and people from uh, Europe. It's a uh, literally a crossroads of civilization. But uh, if this is so important for God to build his kingdom in the center of, uh, of all of civilization, why doesn't he leave Abraham there? Why does he uh, take his people down to Egypt uh, on this side detour? Well... Uh, Israel is a a volatile place. People are always warring there. Even Abraham's brother Lot is carried off at one point, and Abraham has to rescue him. So God says, I need a safe place where I can incubate uh, my kingdom. And in Egypt, he finds a a place, a land that is full of food and a place where they're protected and the, the children of Israel can grow. And this is where we catch up with uh, this man, Moses. Um, he has uh, uh, fled um, the K- Pharaoh's court and is uh, shepherding sheep uh, out in the uh, Sinai. And this is a, a rugged place. It's a place uh, where you don't find many people. It's dusty, it's dirty, and it's dry. It's rugged. And this is a picture of Mount Sinai right here. And so uh, Moses, and uh, it was probably uh, at the point where he saw this burning bush. And God said, Moses, and he wanted to get his attention. And so God says, I am who I am. Well, um, what does that really mean? What does that mean to us? Uh, So what? Uh, That was really the question that I was uh, wrestling with when I was thinking about preparing this passage. And one day I was in uh, Pier 1 Imports, and the answer sort of came to me that um, when we don't focus on God, uh, all of our idols that we put in our life come with a price. The idols we put in our life come with a price. And the price that we uh, pay ultimately is uh, death. But God came to us and he said, um, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And uh, so as we uh, pr- uh, pursue and unpack uh, who God is, uh, I want you to, uh, to think about that. Um, in... Uh, Yeah, so who is this God who says, uh, his name is I am? Well, Jesus gave us a lot of clues in the book of John. First, he said in John uh, chapter 6, verse 35, uh, I am the bread of life. And uh, when he says, uh, I am the bread of life, well, what does he really mean? Uh, he's uh, infinitely concerned that all of us join him uh, through eternity, and he wants us to spend uh, eternity with him. Uh, Next slide, please. There you go. So, uh, uh, next slide. We are profoundly uh, impacted by the things that we see and that we listen to and the people that we keep company with. Uh, God told Joshua... Um, uh, when he first was taking over for Moses, do not let this book of the law depart from your mind. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Well, um, in 1978, a friend of mine, Yob Streetman, was uh, in the bad part of Amsterdam distributing uh, New Testaments and talking to people about the Lord. And um, Joop uh, ran into this fellow on the street who was smoking a joint. And he started talking to him and uh, talking, uh, sharing the Lord with him. And uh, he wanted to give him a New Testament. And the guy says, no, 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 no. He says, I don't want it. He says, I'll just tear the pages out of it put some, uh, uh, roll a joint with the paper and smoke it. And Yop, uh, as ever the practical Dutchman, uh, says, well, I'll make a deal with you. He says, as long as you read the page before you roll your joint, I'll give you the New Testament. And the guy says, well, okay. So he took the New Testament. They talked a little longer, and Yope went on his way. Well, in 1992, Yope was speaking in a church in central uh, Holland, and this fellow comes up to him after the service. He says, do you remember me? And I, uh, Yope says, um, no. Uh, Yope has spoken all over the world. And he's trying to figure out who this guy is. And he says, tell me about it. He says, well, I was the guy in Amsterdam who you gave the New Testament to. And you told me to read the pages before I rolled my joint. And he says, I did exactly what you told me to do. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He says, the day after you left, I read the first page in Matthew. I tore it out. I rolled a joint, and I smoked it. The next day, I tore the second page out. I rolled a joint, and I smoked it. Well, I smoked my way through Matthew. (coughs) I smoked my way through Mark. I smoked my way through Luke. (coughs) And then I met this He says, and then I met this fellow, Jesus, and I haven't smoked a joint since about the second chapter of John. (laughs) In uh, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. This is about vision in darkness, about being able to see in the darkness, In uh, 2015, I was uh, teaching English in Asia and uh, one day I was talking to a couple of students uh, after class and uh, one of the girls was telling me that she had just this horrific relationship with her parents. And um, I said, really? That's uh, sad. And uh, she said that it was so bad that she had uh, considered uh, suicide. And so as I talked to her, I said, well, how are you dealing with this uh, feelings of, you know, wanting to, to kill yourself? And she said, well, I, I write poems and I share them with God. And uh, So I, uh, I said, well, you know, uh, there's this uh, character in the, <sighs> you know, in, in the Bible, uh, King Saul was always trying to kill David, and uh, David was often discouraged, and uh, when, when King David was, or when Saul was trying to kill him, it was a really difficult time. Uh, For David and uh, he did the same thing he wrote poems and he shared them with God and I said have you ever read any of the Psalms that are in the Bible and she said no and I always carried around a Bible for this purpose and so I pulled out a Bible and I tried to give it to her and I said you know you should read some of these Psalms because you could probably really relate to David and uh, where he was and uh, his experiences in life And uh, she was being real polite, and she said, no, 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 uh, um, I I can't take it. And finally, after about the fourth time, she said, well, I'll take it if you write in it. So I I, uh, took the Bible, and I I wrote in the uh, front cover, this is God's word, put it in your heart, and live. So she got this really big smile and she grabbed the Bible and took off. Yeah. Next slide. Yeah. So there's a, God said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And he said, I am the door. In um, John chapter 10 verse 9. So this is uh, God's the access to uh, security and fellowship that Jesus provides for us. Uh, One morning, uh, we were in this uh, room in 2013, and uh, Kevin came up to me and he said, "Uh, there's a new couple uh, that I want you to meet, and he introduced me to them. And uh, Kevin and Linda and Brian and Debbie and Martha and I... um, and a couple of uh, other families were in a small group together at that time. And uh, we were meeting that evening, and we were invited this new couple, and they agreed to, to come to small group. And that night, we met at the Holt's house, and we had a, a nice uh, s- uh, small group meeting. And uh, uh, we uh, said goodbye afterwards and agreed the new co- invited the new couple to come again next week. Well, um, that night, uh, Martha was just tossing and turning, and something that the couple had said during the evening just sort of kept uh, coming back in her mind, and about two or three in the morning, she wakes up, and she goes out in the living room, and uh, she opens her computer, and she starts Googling this uh, couple's name, and uh, lo and behold, uh, the wife is a full-fledged witch and she has, um, you know, she's a union card-carrying witch. She offers a full palette of witch-related services on her website, and offers a full palette of products to sell. And uh, needless to say, uh, this concerned uh, Brian and I, and we uh, arranged to have lunch uh, with this couple. And uh, we sat down with them and ate, and then we opened the Bible and we began to explain that, you know, God had opened the door for them to have fellowship uh, with him and the different things that he had done and that he was offering them life and life in abundance. And the, the lady looks at us and says, um, I have too much invested in being a witch and I don't want to do it. So uh, God, um, coming out of the door is the good shepherd, right? This is our uh, guide and protector, our guide and protector. I love this picture because this is really what shepherding is all about. You know, sheep, uh, they get maggots in their eyes and their hoofs rot and if you're going to take care of a sheep, you really—it's—it uh, it's, can be unpleasant. It can be dirty. It, you're in the dealing with the yucky muck of life. Well, um, in 2004, David Cummings was in uh, the southern part of Chad, and he was training a group of pastors. And he had just spent a a time the day before uh, training them and discussing affirmation. And the next day, Pastor Baltane comes up to him and he says, David, this training has changed my life. And David looks at him and says, well, tell me about it. And he says, well, uh, yesterday I spoke with the wife. And he says, but it's not the Chadian thing to do to speak with the wife. He says, uh, we tell her what to do, and uh, she's here to bear children and to cook the food. Um, we're not really uh, asking for our wife's input or to provide affirmation for her or to encourage her. But yesterday, I talked to my wife, and I even asked for her forgiveness. Uh, I've learned that I should uh, talk to my son. But you see, it's not the Chadian thing to do to talk to your son. But I told my son that um, I see a lot of um, godly character in my son. You see, it's the wife's uh, job in Chad to to train up the son and to prepare him for school. But I went to my son and I taught, I told him that I thought, you know, God... Uh, could use him to change the face of Chad. And yesterday I even, uh, I went and spoke with my daughter. But you see, it's not the Chadian thing to do to, uh, to talk to your daughter. But I told her that I thought she had a lot of beautiful characteristics and qualities and that she's becoming a woman of beauty. David, I think that, uh, you know, I... Um, should uh, train all my fellow pastors that I'm responsible for in this too, and I've learned that if I want to lead, uh, I need to incorporate some of these uh, qualities of affirmation into my leadership. It's not the Chadian thing to do, but I've learned that it's God's way. The shepherd, the good shepherd, is pushing a stone down the path. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The superpower here that Jesus provides us with is hope in the face of death. Hope in the face of death. Uh, Martha had an an aunt uh, who passed away recently and uh, she lived out in California, and she's really uh, sort of my personification of what a, a radical feminist would be. And uh, she, she chain-smoked, she loved to talk politics, and uh, sometimes she would just have this volcanic temper. And uh, so it was um, interesting, and sometimes trying to, uh, to be around her and maintain a relationship with her. But uh, in January, Martha got a phone call, and, and we found out that she, her 56 years of smoking had finally caught up with her and that she was in the hospital and critically ill. And so uh, she wanted to be with family when she passed away, and Martha and I moved her to uh, Arkanshire in Springdale. And uh, we got her, her apartment set up, and Martha flew her back here, and uh, we got her all settled the first night. And... Um, Oh, I'm missing a big part of the story. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> when uh, she was in, still in California in the hospital, this um, Catholic nun came by her room, and uh, she went up to Mickey to, you know, see how she was doing. And she said, "How is your heart, Mickey?" And Mickey said, "Not good." And uh, she said, "Well, you can have a good death or a bad death. What kind of death would you like to have?" And Mickey looked at Sister Twee. she's a Vietnamese origin, and she says, I want to have a good death. And so Sister Twee says, well, you need to get right with, you know, people, and you need to get right with God. And uh, Sister Twee uh, you know, sort of led her through this process. Well, um, uh, when we got to uh, the point where she was uh, settled into a room and Martha and I were about to leave, Mickey looks up at me and she says, Will you pray for me? And that's when I knew she had hope. Yeah, next slide. Yeah, in uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. He gives us certainty to live in a complex world. Jesus enables us to have certainty in a complex world. In 2008, Judy Stockland was teaching at an international school in Asia, and as a part of her daily routine, she would read Bible stories to her kids. Well, she had this little Korean girl who loved these Bible stories, and her favorite character was David. <clears throat> and uh, so every day, you know, she just loved these stories. And one day, her father came home and said, uh, I'm going back to Korea for a, on a business trip. Is there anything you would like me to get you? And the little girl looks up at her father and says, I want a Bible, And so the father says, okay. And he went to Korea, and he found this little cartoon uh, Bible. And uh, he brought it back to his daughter and gave it to her. And she opens it up, and she says, Dad, this is not a real Bible. I want one with words in it. So the next time the uh, father went to Korea, he found uh, a children's printed Bible, bought it. And uh, on his way, uh, after he got back home, He gave it to his little daughter. She opened up and she started reading. Well, uh, three years later, uh, Judy said, That little girl wakes up every morning and she reads her Bible, and she's still reading it. And as far as we know, that girl is still reading her Bible every morning. In John uh, chapter 15, verse 1, Jesus said, I am the vine, I am the true vine. This is God's source of uh, vitality and productivity uh, for us. So uh, this is a place where we can tap into for vitality and productivity. In 2017, uh, we had returned to Fayetteville, and I started selling real estate. I am a realtor. I help people buy and sell houses. And one day, I went to this fellow's house to try to get his business. I had never met him before, and we started uh, talking about his house and what we each did. And he said, "Uh, well, what did you do before you started selling real estate? And I explained to him that I had been involved with, uh, you know, language development and translation and linguistics. And uh, he kind of uh, uh, said, well, when I was a student, I had to study, you know, this language, And I could tell he was sort of like testing me, you know, to see if I was the real McCoy or not. So I I grabbed a piece of paper that he was holding, and uh, next slide there. Across the top of the page, I wrote this on his paper and handed it back to him. And uh, he kind of shook his head, and uh, we talked some more, and then I left. Well, I thought, I'll probably never see this guy again. And the next morning, he walks into my office. He says, I want you to sell my house. And I was, said, okay. So, uh, uh, you know, I spend about a month helping him, and uh, we sell his house. And um, we're sitting at the closing table, and I look at him, and I said, uh, you know, when I walked into your house, you didn't know me from Adam. Why, why did you uh, choose me to sell your house? And he says, well, um, my brother is a pastor, And my brother-in-law works in Cambodia as a Christian worker. I have a a high regard for what you have done, and I knew I could trust you. Martha and I have uh, two or three colleagues uh, who had been working on a linguistics paper in uh, 2015. And um, they had spent a lot of time and effort uh, getting to uh, know this language and writing it and uh, explaining it to other people. And they had produced this really nice linguistics paper and they wanted to to go to Europe to a linguistics conference and present their paper. Well, the only uh, problem was that uh, one member of their team was a, a local person who needed a visa uh, in his passport, in order to travel to this linguistics conference, and uh, one day uh, he, you know, he had made formal application for the visa, uh, but he came to me and he said, um, you know, he was really sort of agitated and discouraged. And I said, well, what's the matter? And he said, well, my visa hasn't come back. And I said, well, do you need it? I mean, do you need it today? And he said, no. <clears throat> I said, well, when do you need it? And he said, in four weeks. Uh, we're going to leave on Saturday in four weeks. And I said, well, uh, it'll come the day before you need it. And he kind of looked at me, and he wasn't quite sure what to make of that. Well, I, I saw him about two weeks after that, and we were uh, on the street. And he said, my visa hasn't come yet. And I said, well, do you need it today? And he said, no. I says, well, it'll come when you need it. He kind of, he didn't know what to think of that. And then uh, he shook his head and we walked off. Well, the, the day before this uh, group was supposed to leave, uh, we were going to meet for lunch. And uh, I was there first and I sat at the table. Uh, next slide. And uh, we were sitting at this sort of outdoor restaurant and uh, this fellow walks up and sits at the table and um, he looks at me and he says, my visa came today. And I said, well, do you need it today? And he said, yeah. And so I I sort of leaned over and, and looked at him and I said, can you trust God? And he, he had this look in his face like, oh, if this is true, my life is going to change forever. And then he paused and he shook his head. And he said, yeah, I can trust him. So the next time you're standing in the wilderness and uh, you see this burning bush pop up next to you, I want you to remember that God is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is the door. He is the good shepherd. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is divine. Yeah. Amen. So, um, we have uh, the Lord's.